0: All right, who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Wow, it is great to see you. Super excited. Put your spiritual seat belts on and get ready. A few months ago, Pastor Zach and I were meeting with the creative team working ahead, which we do, do a lot of collaboration. And the creative team is made up of Mostly, absolutely incredible young adults who do the writing, do the video, do all the creative stuff. You rarely see them, but you see their work. Come on, could you give a little appreciation, a little love? They're just incredible, love the Lord. So this series was originally slated to be Hot Topics. We haven't done it in a couple years, and it's where we take we ask you guys, survey what's the most important topics that we need to talk about and questions and then we craft a sermon series around those and they're the hottest issues and what does culture say and what does scripture say, transgender, just all kind of stuff. And in that meeting, I asked those folks a question. I, the, 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 the conversation began to shift as we talked about what the scripture said about certain issues and then I asked a question, do your friends who attend faith promise read their bibles and the general consensus was no most of my friends who go here they really don't read the bible and actually there's no reason for you to give what the scripture says about some of these topics because they've already made their minds up they've already they they've already made their minds with the information with their friends all that kind of stuff and really what's happening for so many in the church the shifting culture. The, the shifting culture has superseded scripture. It is now trumps what I think. It's like the book of Judges. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. I mean, this is what people say to, wait a minute, Pastor, you don't have to worry about me. I, I see truth. I know truth when I see it. I get it. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that I understand. Really? How can you know for sure? what you believe is true or not. So in that conversation, the Lord began to shift our focus on, there's no reason talking about what the Bible says about these issues if we don't believe the Bible. So I said, let's do a series around truth. Truth. Now, uh, this is the third installment Did God Really say, Pastor Zach has done the last two weekends. Has it not been incredible? Come on, it's been off the chart. So proud of him. He's done such a good job. Now, when I was saved back in the Stone Age and, uh, and, and went to church back in the early 80s, if you're a young adult, you don't actually know that there really was a 1980s, but there was. I was there. I saw it. And in the 1980s, early, the preachers were all had this thing they were talking about, which was we're losing truth. We're losing truth. The truth is becoming relative. And they warned there was a warning, if we lose truth, what was gonna happen? If we began to see the Bible as just another book of human history and religion, instead of the truth of the Word of God, there are gonna be some consequences. There's gonna be. And when young adults, you know, millennials and Gen Z's, when they look into the mirror of what real truth is, the culture dictates it more than Christ. In a recent study, six out of 10 millennials and Gen Zs, 26 to 41 years base, over 60% said moral truth is, is, is fluid, it's flexible, it's relative. And so people now base what they believe on a combination of my experiences, my emotions, my friends, the culture, Hollywood, what everybody else. And, and now we hear things like this. Come on, if you're listening, Sam, my truth is not your truth. And your truth is not my truth. Truth is relative. And Barnes said in the study, it's what he said, because that's where we are, we have lower levels of trust toward other people, making it harder to have relationships because we no longer trust what other people tell us is real because we're not sure actually what is real. And what is happening in our culture is exactly what those pastors warned us about in the early 80s, that if we lose truth, we will see unprecedented levels of division, of depression, of distrust. We are now seeing the rise of anxiety and depression and suicide at levels nobody could ever concede. Matter of fact, when I was a kid or even a young adult, the thought that couples would sit around that have grade school kids and talk about the level of anxiety and stress their six, seven, and eight-year-olds are going are undergoing right now, that would have been ridiculous. And yet, at Faith Promise, one of the things that young couples are talking about is what their kids are going through, about the stress and all that. Where did that come from? Well, the Scripture says in Psalms 11, if the foundations are destroyed, are you with me? Hey, listen, in America, the foundations are destroyed. We don't know what truth is. We don't know what a family is. We don't know what a woman is. We don't know what a man is. Listen, we've lost the foundations. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? I'll tell you what we do. We go crazy. And see, at Faith Promise, let me just make, let me tell you, we believe there's a truth you can trust and the truth is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe, come on, we don't, we don't backstroke. And it is all found in the scripture. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being, Uh, nothing has come into being. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shined in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. We're living in a day that is darkest in America and the darkness doesn't comprehend the light. Are y'all with me? It's missing it, it doesn't believe it. We've lost it, we've lost truth. We believe this, the word of God reveals all truth. We believe in the beginning God created. If you believe those first few words of Genesis 1-1, the rest of this book is a piece of cake. It's just easy. We believe the word, we believe Jesus, we believe that he is the light of men, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we unapologetically stand on the scriptures, we don't waver, we don't wonder, we will always stand on the word of God. Listen, it doesn't matter where it's popular or not. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. It doesn't matter what your preference is or not. The Bible has been the Bible, will always be the Bible. The scripture said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. And this is what we believe. So how about you? Is the word of God the mirror that you lick into to establish what is right, what is wrong, what is real, what is fake, or do you, like the rest of culture, believe truth to be relative? See, two plus two has been four. Two plus two will always be four. Now, we're trying to make it worse. not anymore. So my question is this, do you know the truth when you see it? God, we come to you right now in the name of your son. Father, this message is so important. It's so vital for our survival. And yeah, God, truth is followed in the street. You warned us in the last days. That's the way it would be. But God, I'm praying for a supernatural impartation. I'm praying, God, that you would seal this message, that you will stamp our hearts, that you will mark us, that you will give us a desire for the Word, that we will believe the Word, regardless of what some movie star or rock star, regardless of what people that have the microphones in our culture says, God, that we will stand in belief, even if we're the minority. I don't care where we are, we're going to be salt and light, and we will not vacillate, we will not backstroke, we will not bend, we will not move, we're not going to bow to the idols if they throw us in the furnace you'll go in the furnace with us and so God light our hearts up in Jesus name we pray and all God's people said come on somebody give Jesus a shout of praise in the house by the way welcome faith promise so good to have you whether you're at one of our campuses this weekend or whether you're online God behind bars we love you guys and gals you may be listening to this message later. We are super stoked because we believe this weekend, this Word of God, this message can change your today, your tomorrow, and your eternity if you will listen, lean in, and apply. Now, I've been gone the last couple weeks, and i miss missed you guys, love you. I was in Africa and uh, got to witness to a bunch of folks. It was incredible, but the last night there, I had dinner with the, re- the parliamentary representative from the Maasai Nation, the Maasai Warriors, His generation was the last generation that had to kill a lion with a spear at 18. Imagine your 18th birthday party, you gotta go kill a lion with a spear. If you've never seen a lion, they're big. And he said, listen, is there any way you guys could come, help build a school, build a church and dig a well? Could you help some village? I said, absolutely. Because come on, absolutely. That's what we do at Fake Promise. If you have never been outside of America, you've never seen abject poverty because poor people don't have cell phones. There, there's no way out. The poverty people make a dollar a day if they work, maybe $2 a day. They drink dirty water. There's no school. There are no jobs. There's nothing. I said, you better believe. I represent a bunch of people back in the States and we care. That's what we Do a faith promise. All right, so let me get back to the message. Uh, The worst day of Jesus' physical life here, his earthly life, 33 and a half years, the worst day. He finds himself standing before Pilate and Pilate does not want to send him to the cross. And had Jesus just played along with Pilate, he could have missed the torture and the execution that he was about to endure. But instead of asking Pilate, to release him, instead of doing that, he holds a mirror up for Pilate to see. In verse 37 in John 18, therefore Pilate said said unto him, so you're a king, Jesus answered. You say correctly that I'm a king. For this I've been born, and for this I've come into the world, to testify to the what? To the what? That everyone who is of truth hears my voice. And Pilate said unto him, the million dollar question what is truth? What is it? Do you know truth? Would you know it if you saw it? Or is it what the culture says is relative? It's just your truth and my truth. See, the modern world no longer looks into the mirror of the word of God for truth. We look into the fun house of mirrors. You ever been to a circus where they got the fun house set up of mirrors? This mirror makes you look tall. This mirror makes you look short. This mirror makes you look skinny. This mirror makes you look fat. This makes your head four feet wide. You ever walk through there? It's funny you look, but that's where our culture is. It's all distorted and we're looking in the wrong mirrors and so we don't get the right image because we don't get to see in a mirror plainly. We're looking in the fun mirrors and the truth is distorted. Does this make sense? Now, in a recent, recent Wall Street Journal article, They said, used to Americans derive their source of strength and unity from religious stories and political stories. So we no longer look there anymore. We now look to Hollywood and to to social media. That's That's why Marvel and DC and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and all those are putting out prequels and sequels as fast as they can create them because we're looking for other stories to motivate us other than scripture. Now, don't you think about this? Think how crazy this is. Come on, if you're listening to him, we scroll through social media, believe what we read, and yet we hold the word of God at arm's length, not sure and suspicious whether this is true or not. It's It's insanity. Well, it's the internet. It's gotta be right. No, it's the Bible. It's gotta be right. It's gotta be right. And let me tell you, did God really say, is one of the greatest, one of the greatest deceptions of the devil. It is the height of spiritual warfare. The first act of sedition the snake that, that, that went in the garden did against mankind was did God really say? His first act was to inject doubt into Adam and Eve about what God said. He's still injecting believers with doubt. Can we trust the Bible? Is the Bible true? He's still doing it. That's why in Matthew 7, Jesus so emphatically warns us, the wise man builds his life on the firm foundation, on bedrock, and and he builds it on truth. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. And when the storms come, and the storms will come, won't they? The one that builds his life on the truth will stand. The one that builds his life on the sand will fall apart. Your marriage, your business, your ministry, if it's not on the solid, because the storms that the storms as they come on the life built on the solid rock, the truth will stand. Do you know the truth when you see it? Do you know it? The truth that shifts with times will not stand the test of tough times. The truth that shifts with time will not stand in tough times. That's why we stand on the Word. Jesus was the Word. The beginning was with God. Matthew 4, Matthew 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but upon every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Psalms 12 says this, my word is like silver, tried it a furnace seven times. It says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and the earth was established. It says, in God whose word I praise, in God whom I put my trust, I shall not be afraid. When everybody's afraid of the stock market, when they're afraid of politics, when they're afraid of the future, I will not be afraid because I've built my life on the rock. Come on, somebody, come on, give him praise. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. James chapter one, uh, chapter uh, verse 22 begins talking to us about the word. But prove yourself to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Folks, listen, the American church has deluded itself because we are not doers, we're hearers. If we were doers of the word, darkness wouldn't be overtaken, America light would. We need revival in this land. We need revival at Faith Promise Church. We need a sweeping move of God that will, that will shine so brightly the darkness will flee. Are you with me? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. Once he's looked at himself, and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he or she was. But the one who looks intently, which means to stoop down, to lean over, to focus in intently on the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, not becoming a fearful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man, this woman will be blessed in all that they do. Man, it's a mirror. It's a hammer. It's a plumb bob. It is a fire. Are y'all with me? Man, we've got to get the word into us. Look, at, look at, at Hebrews chapter four. I love this. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 and 13 says this. For the word of God is living and it's active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm gonna tell you that's sharp. I slipped my finger open on a piece of grass in Africa last week, bled for two days. That piece of grass was sharp. It's nothing. The scalpel of the surgeon is sharp, but it is nothing compared to the word of God, two-edged sword that pierces, as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, both the joints and the marrow, able to judge the thoughts, the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are, laid, are open and laid bare to the eyes of whom we have to do. And this word of God is a mirror, and nothing is hidden from God in this mirror that reflects truth. Now. Have you ever heard somebody say, I went to church and those people judged me? Yep. Now, sometimes that's true. People are judged by what they drive, what they wear, tats, piercings. Are there are churches that are dumb. okay. But let me, let me tell you what, most people are not judged by the people in the church. They're judged by the word. Because, see, the Bible is sharp, sharper than any treasured sword. And people come to church that don't know God, they hear the Word of God, it cuts between their thoughts, their intents, the joints and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and they don't like that because I wanna do what I wanna do, come hell or high water, I don't care what God says or the Bible says, I want this, and the Word of God lights them up. People say, I don't like that light, I'm not coming back, those people judge me. It's not us, it's the Word of God that judges you. It's the Word of God, we love you but the word of God brings light in the darkness and it cuts. Now they say we're hypocrites and sometimes they're right because we want to apply more scripture to their life than we want to apply to our own. There's some of you, you know more about UT than you know the Bible. You know who the players are recruiting, you know the scores, you know the stats, you know who's hurt, who's not, who they're playing, where they're going, but you don't know the scripture. Come on, somebody. When was the last time you stood in the mirror and you let the word of God show in your life? So let me ask you a question. Are you ready? How's your Bible reading plan? (laughs) You thought I forgot. (laughs) I didn't. It's QR code on the screen. Don't try to catch up. Jump in there tomorrow. Jump in there with us. That's why Jesus said, listen, you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. Your feelings will never set you free, they'll enslave you. Lies will enslave you. Doing what you want to unrestrained will enslave you. Come on, only truth sets us free. And we believe that we believe there's a truth you can trust and that truth is a person and he's revealed in the word of God. Let me give you an Old Testament story, it's incredible. It is so today in America, are you ready? Jeremiah 36, Jeremiah is restricted from the house of God, he can't go. Why? Because they didn't like his message of wrath and repentance. Says so you can't come to the house of God anymore, he was restricted. Well, don't we get rid of messages we don't like? Are y'all with me? I don't wanna hear that, I disagree with that. I don't wanna read that. I... And so they, so the Spirit of God says, Jeremiah in chapter 36, dictate everything I've told you that's gonna happen to Israel, give it to a scroll. He does, dictates it to Brooke, his assistant. Brooke goes to the house of God on the day of fasting and reads the words of Jeremiah. The leaders call him in and say, how did you get this? Jeremiah dictated it, okay? So they're afraid, we gotta do something. God's wrath's gonna come. So they say, give us the scroll and you go hide. We're going to go to King Jehoiakim at Jehoiachin, and we're going to give him the words. So they, Jeremiah, broke. They go hide. They go to the king. They say the king Jeremiah has sent the word of God. They begin to read it to Je- read it to the king. After two or three columns, the king pulls out his knife, slices the word of God in half throws it in the fire and it burns. And that's what we do today. We cut out what we don't like. We throw away what we don't like. We change what we don't like because we wanna build the Word of God to fit us instead of us fitting the Word of God. Transformation is not making the Bible say what we wanted to say to fit our desires. It is us submitting, surrendering, and lining ourselves up to the truth of the Word of God, saying, God, you be God, I'm not God. Are you with me? That's why the the apostle Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not be ashamed, accurately handling the word of God. He goes on in 2 Timothy 3, he said, the word of God is God inspired. It is breathed by God as possible for training, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Gang, we gotta get it. What are you staking your forever on? What mirror are you looking into to determine what truth is and what truth isn't? What are you staking your forever on? Are you with me? See, this is the greatest decision you can make. Most people never make this decision deliberately. They do it by default. Most people don't want to think about this. What are you going to build your life on? Is it going to be the scripture? Or is it going to be your own imagination, your opinions of what you want? Are you with me? See, once you decide, I'm gonna build my life on the scripture. Now, it was easier when I got saved in 1982. It was easier. Because most people believed the Bible was true back then. You go to high school, man, they, 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 you know, they had Bible, it was just, it was everywhere. It was okay, it's not anymore. And truth is falling in the street. So what are you gonna stick your life on? What? Your opinion, which means you have become God. Wow. You know how they train bank tellers to spot counterfeit? They never let bank tellers touch counterfeit. They handle money. They see the security codes on money. They understand money. And then when a counterfeit touches their fingers, they know it's wrong. If you're handling the word of God, rightly dividing, studying to show yourself a prude, when Lucifer lies to you, you will immediately know it because it doesn't line up with the truth. But when you determine this culture and the cues of culture determine what's right and wrong, to the point that, listen, we don't know the definition of what a woman is. That is so stupid, it's ridiculous. Are y'all with me? It's crazy. See, that's the wisdom of the world. Bible says there's a heavenly wisdom, there's an earthly wisdom. You say, Pastor, I need to get in the Bible, but but I'm just too busy. You don't understand. I don't know where to start. It's confusing. It's hard. The Bible's a big book. All these kind of things. Listen, it's so easy to be distracted. UT's winning. You see that Dr. Big Daddy on those shoes? UT is winning. It's so easy to let the world spin and get involved and miss the truth. So there's a, there's a QR code that's about to come up. If you're not involved in a small group, this week we're gonna take this message, we're gonna go deeper, where we got the word of God. We're gonna talk about, can our Bible be trusted? If you're missing group, you're missing it. So there's a QR code, you can get it, you can connect with the group, and we're here to help you. We've got some social media posts that have come up this week that Pastor Zach and Pastor Robbie have done and some other people. Because you've gotta make a deliberate decision I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I stake my eternity on it. I stake my eternity on it. I'm all in. Y'all remember that being all in? I will not be distracted. I will not be deluded. Man, I am not backstroking on the Word of God. I'm gonna preach it, whether people like it or not, whether it offends or not, whether people come or not, because one day we'll all stand before God. So dads, what are you teaching your kids? You teach them how to throw a ball, how to hit a home run, how to kick a soccer goal, how to run with a rugby ball. There's 45 million sports because it's one of the idols in America. There's nothing wrong with sports, you make it an idol. Are you teaching your kids? Moms, what are you teaching your your kids? Are you letting your kids know that the bedrock of truth is the word of God before they get out there in that world that will lie to them 7, 365? When you send that 18-year-old down the street to University of Tennessee at Knoxville and they mock their faith and they make fun of them in every class and they scold them because they're, they're, they're backwoods, redneck homophobes because they believe the Bible. Because that's the culture we're living in, moms and dads. You better wake up. That sweet little 6 year that little sweet little six-year-old in 12 years is gonna be 18 and the culture's gonna be unleashed on him or her. You better prepare Are you with me? Are you with me? Because there's a truth we can trust and that truth is a person. His name is Jesus. Let me ask you a question. I love you so much. I've agonized over this message. Man, I have prayed over this. How many of you say, you know what, Pastor Chris, man, God has spoken, man, God has touched me. I gotta get in the word. How many of you say that? Just raise your hand, come on, put it up, put it up, put it up, put them up high. I gotta get in the word. Father God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Those folks who humbly lift up their hand, God, I pray for a supernatural impartation of a holy hunger that'll cut off the TV, that'll cut off the iPhone, that'll cut off the streaming services, and we will connect with the God of the universe that will open your word, that will know how to handle the sword of the spirit, God, I pray that you will grow us. I pray, Father, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, while the world bows to the idols of gold and success, that we will not bow. Even if they throw us in a furnace, you'll be there with us. We are gonna stand for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. We stand committed to the word of the living God. Let it be the fire. Let it be the plumb bob. Let it be the hammer. God, let it be the mirror. And let us walk in a matter worthy of the sacrifice on that cross that was made for us. We exalt Jesus so high, nobody can miss him. Light us up in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise.